Hello, hello. Welcome to NYYCI Activist Chats, where we interview leading changemakers from across the youth activist movement. Hear from students making a difference in the fight for justice and equity, and most importantly, learn about how you can take the next step and join the young people making a difference. With that being said, let's get right into the episode. CI's speaker series event. Today we'll be hearing from Jess, Isabella, and Emma from Youth Alliance for Housing. Um, all right, so thank you so much for being here. And whenever you're ready, we would love to hear just a little bit about what Youth Alliance for Housing is and kind of what the current work you guys are doing is. So take it away. Isabella, you want to start? Sure, I'll start. Um, so the Youth Alliance for Housing um, is kind of this group based in New York City. We started during the pandemic um, when people were getting mass evicted and homelessness rates started going up. Um, Emma and a few of her friends were like, we should do something about this. Um, and it slowly started with kind of like education around housing and like the history of like um, segregated housing and all those issues, but then we started like creating our own like platforms and like going into different coalition spaces around housing. Um, and now it's kind of focusing on like centering the voices of the youth who are directly impacted by housing issues and like plugging it into like the, bro the broader housing movement spaces. Jess, you wanna introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Jess, I'm also a member of YAH. But yeah, basically what Isabella said, we're kind of looking at, um, we're also working on a research project, like at the intersection between housing and education. Um, and um, yeah, getting involved in, in other coalition spaces and ensuring that um, that uh, the youth like have a voice in housing justice. Yeah, um, so I think Isabella and Jess said it pretty perfectly. Um, um, I'm Emma, by the way. Um, but yeah, Youth Alliance for Housing, like they were also mentioning, um, is a youth-led housing justice space. And so like Isabella kind of touched on, um, it was originally like a series of workshops. We only had one in-person meeting before everything shut down due to COVID. Um, and so we've been completely developed over the pandemic. Um, and we are really like centered in the idea that, um, you know, housing is a human right and dedicated to decommodifying housing. Um, but there's such a robust housing justice movement um, in America and especially in New York state. Uh, but there's very few young people in that movement and very few youth led spaces in that movement. And, you know, because housing often feels like, um, you know, this issue that is removed from young people, like young people might not be paying their rent or paying the bills or being their legal head of household, but that doesn't mean it's not a youth issue like anything else. Um, in New York City, there's 1.1 million public school students, the largest public school system in the entire country. And a little more than one out of 10 students um, in New York City public schools are unhoused or in temporary housing. Um, so I think those statistics alone really reflect um, the impact that housing has on young people. Um, but I just saw Khadija also join from the Youth Alliance for Housing. Um, do you wanna introduce yourself and talk about why you're part of YAH? 
Hey, um, it's Khadijah. My pronouns are she, her. Um, and I joined Youth Alliance of Housing at first just because Emma told me to come and I just wanted to see what it was about. And this was like pre-COVID, like literally a week before things shut down. And I actually like just initially liked it and I just wanted to uh, join an org because I think housing is such like a big encompassing um, issue that like has so many different little issues in it that kind of just talks about like um, kind of everything, right? It's like racism, it's like all the isms, right? Um, and then on top of that, I also went through some housing crisis thing. So it just feels like, um, like during the pandemic and everything, like it just feels like I just feel more um, empowered to do it. And I just feel like now is the time to amplify my voice more because I actually went through some shitty situations with my landlord and went to housing court and did all that crazy ass shit just to live in my house during the global pandemic. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Great. Um, thank you so much. Um, so I have a few kind of questions for you guys prepared. Um, I was wondering, you touched on this a little bit, but I was wondering um, just what it was like starting an organization in the middle of the pandemic and like the struggles um, and also maybe the advantages that came with that. Um, yeah, so I, it was definitely like kind of difficult and I think it still is difficult um, because we're just like a coalition of young people who are dedicated to housing justice. And um, right now, like we're all unpaid. This is on a volunteer basis. And um, since we also wanna be centering the folks who were most directly impacted, um, that also means that like, we've got some shit going on, you know? So um, trying to build a base in the middle of a pandemic um, and especially asking young people to spend unpaid, more unpaid time on Zoom um, it's a difficult thing to be asking people. And so, um, you know, it, it's difficult to, to build your base in that way. But at the same time, I think that this is a moment where a lot more people um, are really recognizing the issue of housing justice and recognizing how intersectional this issue is and realizing that, oh, wow, now we're all students in Zoom school and our living conditions are also our working conditions and school conditions and testing conditions. And so, you know, housing has always been a very intersectional issue. Like Khadija mentioned, um, you know, housing justice is racial justice is social justice. They're all connected. And I think that this is a moment where people are able to recognize that and a lot more. And it's, it's kind of easier for people to understand than maybe it did before. I think it's also important though that like because we're online and like some of the positives is just that like we, our launch was virtual and while like people don't wanna spend time on Zoom, there are a lot of people who wouldn't have been able to make that in person that we're now had more accessibility um, to join YA or to learn more about YA. Um, especially like some of our basis college students who don't live in New York City, right? They grew up there and they call it their home but they go to school like elsewhere. Um, so the ability to have it virtual um, while it is really difficult trying to like build a base and even just like trying to launch was just kind of like very hectic. Um, it's, it's really rewarding that it's very accessible to a lot of people. Yeah, and I'll just quickly add on to that too. 
I think Isabella is making a good point of how like we're able to connect with a lot more folks um, and maybe bring more folks out. But at the same time, you know, we all recognize that there's like an enormous digital divide um, and how like this being 100% virtual um, is also difficult in trying to connect with a lot of other folks. Um, you know, there's like a number of YAW members who like don't have cell phones and then we're here trying to connect with people and um, bring them out to events and even just weekly meetings and things like that. Um, so still recognizing that like, there's a lot of pros and cons um, for it to be all virtual. And I think they somewhat balance each other out. Got you. Um, okay, so then my next question is, Emma, I think you touched on this a little bit, but I was wondering what changes um, you've seen in the housing justice movement um, because of or since the beginning of the pandemic, and then what you guys have done in response to that. Khadija, did you want to go? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, I was just gonna say that like, <laughs> I just I saw you lot, came off mute. So. A lot more people are like aware of housing issues in general. Like honestly, before Emma even introduced it to me, like I didn't really know much about housing justice. Um, period. I just thought like whatever you pay your you pay your bills, your landlord tells you what to do, the government backs it. Who cares um, about your rights? Basically, right never really thought too much about it but now ever since like the pandemic like I think more people are more aware of it and also there's like people are like becoming more involved in social justice because of like everything that's been going on with you know police killings etc so I think people are just way more aware of it um and then obviously there's like news about how uh rent is being pushed back and if it makes the news people are more aware of it so I just think people just know about it more yeah, I agree. I think like, um, like since the beginning of the pandemic, like cancel rent has begun to not be like kind of such a fringe thing that people thought it was people are beginning to take cancel rent really seriously and be like, hey, why are we paying rent like this is the whole system is so messed up. Um, and in terms of, um, I guess, uh, oh my gosh, what is the word I was gonna say? I forgot the rest of my thought, but yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so then I also saw on your um, on your Instagram some information about the YAH Housing and Education um, Research Project. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, how this project started and the goal of it and kind of, you know, how you're planning on using the information that you uh, get from it. Yeah, um, so I think this is like pretty connected to what we were saying before and kind of the intersections between housing and education and especially as a youth led group um, and most of us are students. Um, and also, like I mentioned before, like the enormous population of public school students who um, struggle with housing insecurity. Um, and so we wanted to kind of create this research project um, specifically kind of like using um, COVID-19 is like the, the central point um, and using that as kind of like a jumping point um, for the rest of the project, but asking 
students and educators and parents kind of like what their experience has been with um, online school and with housing and um, with having to work from home and school, do schooling from home or be a parent of a student who does that from home um, and things like that. And so we really wanted to kind of use uh, the COVID pandemic as like a, the focus to dive deeper into how housing and education um, are directly intertwined and kind of like impact one another. So we have launched a survey um, and we're now like collecting some uh, responses and then we're hoping to have some like one-on-ones and group discussions with some of the responses and write up a kind of like a report about our findings and about what people have been saying is the impact uh, that housing has had on their schooling and vice versa. That sounds very, that sounds really interesting. Um, oh yeah, I see that you put the survey in the chat. Thank you. Um, okay, then I was also wondering how, how not only the public, but also politicians and uh, city leaders have been responding to like all the work you're doing and kind of your activism. Yeah, so Youth Alliance for Housing were part of a number of um, coalition spaces, uh, including Housing Justice for All um, and the National Homes Guarantee, as well as a new one called In Our Hands, which is a youth-led group um, of a bunch of different youth-led organizations in um, New York. And so, you know, as the Youth Alliance for Housing, I guess our focus and energy hasn't really been on garnering media attention. Um, and it's been more focused on connecting with young people who are impacted by housing justice. Um, and so a number of our events and things like that, we decided not to write up a press release or reach out to um, press and media and things like that and put our time and energy there, but rather to be building our base. Um, but beyond that, there are a number of uh, elected officials and other advocates that we've been working with, not only like a, mostly through like a our coalition spaces, but not only through that, I know that some um, city council candidates had come to our launch and we, I didn't invite them. I don't know how they found out. Um, so I do think that like we're on their radar and, um, you know, now, especially, I think that it's becoming like more mainstream, I guess, to um, uplift the voices of young people and to be building more youth power. And so we see that with Oh, so many candidates and elected officials are now trying to introduce like um, youth sectors and youth councils and things like that. Um, and so since we're one of the very few um, youth based uh, organizations that are focused on housing justice, um, I guess a lot of folks are coming to us to kind of think about what do young people wanna see in this like issue area. Okay, and then my my last question is, um, what are you know major lessons or um, or yeah lessons that you've learned in this work, and also what advice you could give us as young people um, trying to make our voices heard um, in this you know modern activist space? So just any advice you could give us. <laughs> I think just for me, a lot of people aren't going to like what you're doing. And that's just something you're going to have to accept because if you're 
like in it for approval from other people, if you're in it for the clout, like it's just like this isn't it for you because like the main attention of your focus should be like trying to break the status quo. And with that, you're going to get a lot of pushback. Um, but like kind of find what you're interested in. So like YAH has, we're working on like working groups right now. So when we have the research project, but we're also working on a zine or zine, um, which is like a creative aspect. And then we have like base building and then we have like policy making and different aspects. So kind of find like what you're really interested in. So if you're more of a creative person, um, then maybe the zine or is like for you. But if you're more of like a researcher an analytical person, then maybe like creating policy or um, like base building or researching is really into you. But um, like, yeah, just find what you're interested in. And like, at the end of the day, it's not really about you. It's about like helping other people um, who really are affected by those issues. Yeah, I, I agree with Isabella. I would also say that like, I think that people tend to tell young people that like they, or adults tend to tell young people that like, they don't know what, you don't know what you're talking about and like you you don't fully understand like you're not um read up enough on this issue or you don't have all the perspectives or something like that and i think like first of all like young people have just as many experiences with um inequities and inequalities as like anyone else does um and then um also like you you don't need to know every single thing to get involved like you you your voice is like valid and you deserve to be listened to. And so like taking a step and getting involved will um, always be, um, I don't know, the what it like, don't be afraid of it basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think Jess and Isabella are highlighting something that's super, super important. And one thing I often say is like, you're an expert in your own experience. And so if you like, um, live in a house or don't live in a house or go to school or don't go to school um you're an expert in the experiences that you've had there right and like you know i think often people get so intimidated when it comes to things like advocacy and organizing because they think they have to be like super into politics and things like that um but the personal is very political and you don't have to be like a policy wonk or like you know be able to recite all of the like your elected officials, although it's important to know who's representing you, <laughs> but um, you know, there's when it comes to like a movement like this and a movement space and the idea of housing justice and housing as a human right. Like Isabella was saying, um, in order for us to make any progress, we need people like who are artists and writers and um, with all different types of skill sets and things like that. It's not just for like political nerds. Um, but I'd say like another aspect is that housing justice, um, it's also a cultural movement where it's not just a movement of trying to shift policies and um, be like, uh, you know, appealing to people in government, but it's also how like we in our own communities look at housing. Do, are we still treating housing as a commodity? We can't say we want to decommodify housing if we ourselves are still treating it as such, right? And also just like, the stigma that surrounds unhoused people. Um, are you still thinking that like, oh, these are dirty drug addicted people who are in their situation due to their own life choices? Um, you know, like how do you as an individual interact with the people around you and the people on the street? Um, 
so yeah, I think that it, it's, there's so many like cultural elements and very like interpersonal and internal elements that also are part of, of housing justice that people might not always recognize either. Emma, you said something beautiful the other day and I just kind of want to bring it up, but I forgot what we were talking about, kind of like the stigma of like education and like like these um, kind of elitist, um, I guess like factors that we think of like having to solve an issue, but you said something like experience is already enough of your credibility, right? If you haven't experienced through it, you can probably say this better than me, but you said like the people closest to the problems are the ones who are going to solve it, right? Yeah, the people who are like closest to the issues are the ones closest to the solutions. Um, which, yeah, I, I think that that's something I hear around a lot. Um, but yeah, definitely like, like I said before, like if your, your experience is like all the credibility and all of, it's what makes you an expert. And so people think that like being an expert means that you have a PhD, um, but that doesn't make you an expert in anything if you haven't experienced it. And so no PhD is going to solve um, housing injustice or racial injustice what's going to solve those things are when you really center the people who have been most historically marginalized and most impacted by those issues. Thank you so much. That is, that is very, um, you know, valuable lessons to take away. Um, and I think we've definitely learned a lot. So I would like to uh, open the discussion um, up to the audience for questions. If anyone has any, you can just unmute or type them in the, in the chat. Yeah, hi guys. First, I wanna say just in, incredible, incredible job. It's, it's, it's so great to hear your guys' perspective, not only just on, on fair housing, obviously, but on, on, on justice and, and activism in general. I agree, I really love how, um, hold on a second, I wanna make sure I, I stop the recording. Thank you for listening to NYYCI Activist Chats. Check back next week for our next episode. To connect with more opportunities, resources, and stories, go to nyyci.org or follow us on Instagram at nyyci2020. Thank you and we'll see you next week.